0: Thank you, Mokey, choir. It was wonderful. Let us pray. Mighty and ever-present God, Lord of all the universe, Lord of this church, Lord of this room, Lord... Of each one of us who surrender our lives to you. We surrender now this time to you. And we ask that you bless it and that you use it to speak truth and life into us. That you open our hearts to what your word has to say. And we ask that you bless the reading and the hearing of this word. That your gospel message, your your hope. Your words of wisdom and truth will make their way into the core of our very being and shape who we are so that we can become a more Christ-like people. Bless this time that we have now in your presence and in the presence of each other. In the holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. You may be seated. We're starting this, this week with a new series. We're starting this year with a new series uh, called A New Experience. We're going to be looking at, at portions of the Gospel of John, uh, really experiences that other people have had with Jesus, And the hope in doing this is that each of us will experience Jesus Christ in our own life uh, in new and exciting ways this year. Um, Relationships are always shaped by new experiences. Relationships that don't have shared experiences, they fizzle out. Friendships that don't have new experiences, shared experiences, they just get stuck in a rut and they never really go anywhere. Oftentimes marriages that fail, a lot of times what will happen is there is a, um, a ceasing of shared experiences, things that, that both parties can, can share and experience together and grow together uh, with and through. That's why often when uh, a relationship is struggling, when a marriage is struggling, they'll go to a counselor. And a lot of times a marriage counselor will suggest a marriage retreat. And the idea is that if you and and your spouse, you go on this retreat and you spend this time together in this glorious place and you all have fun, you're sharing this wonderful experience together and it will help make your relationship stronger. And so relationships are built on shared experiences. But not all experiences are good. Sometimes relationships are tried through bad experiences that are shared. Some of the best friendships that I've ever known have been tried by hard experiences. Even the difficult experiences can make our relationships stronger if we want them to, if we allow them to. And it's the same with our experience with Jesus. We may go through hard experiences in our spiritual life. We may go through times of trial, times of testing. But those shared experiences with Christ, as long as we are having those experiences, our relationship can grow if that is our desire. So it's no wonder that this passage that opens up the book of John talks about what it means when Jesus came into the world. It was a new experience. A new experience offered to all of creation. This passage starts off with four familiar words. Three familiar words, I can't count. In the beginning. If you go back to the beginning of Scripture, if you go back to Genesis and you look at that first verse, when God created the heavens and earth, it says, in the beginning. God created the heavens and earth. This is the beginning of the story. The whole saga, all of scripture, everything that God has to say to us, it starts off with these words, in the beginning. And so John uses this to give us a new beginning. John uses these familiar words, in the beginning, but then it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. It's not about the creation. It's about the creator. And so we get the same story but told from a different perspective that gets, gives us this whole bigger, broader idea of what God, the creator, is like. One of my favorite stories uh, is the, the Lord of the Rings saga. And if you've seen the movies, uh, in the beginning there's this uh, thing that uh, they, they do at the beginning that it sort of tells about the ring, the power the ring has, and the struggle and, and so you see this at the beginning of the first movie, and you watch the whole first movie with that beginning in mind. And then you go to the second movie, and you watch that whole second movie with that beginning in mind. Well, then the third movie, the last movie in the trilogy, starts off with the story of Smeagol, a hobbit, who came upon this ring. And it shows what it did to him. And so it's the same story, but all of a sudden you're being shown that same story from a new angle, and so it gives you a better idea, a better understanding of everything that has happened, and that's what's happening here in this passage. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. In Genesis, that is the story of creation. That is God making us. That is our story, the beginning of our story. But then John is saying, "Let's go back to that, and let's tell it from God's angle." In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was Jesus Christ, and it says that all things that were made were made through him. So we see that this passage in John gives us a whole new beginning to the creation story, but it also tells us that Jesus Christ was an integral part of it. The creation story is no longer about us. It becomes about God And his character. And his character is revealed to us through Jesus Christ. It says that word became flesh. No one has seen the Father. No one has seen God. But then when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, we saw what God was like. Jesus came to earth to show us what our creator was like. Now, this this passage gives us a new beginning to creation, but it also gives us a new take on the Christmas story. We've just come out of the Christmas season, and we've heard all the familiar stories, the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, Mary and Joseph, around the manger. But John gives us a whole different beginning. He doesn't talk about all that. He doesn't talk about Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherd. He talks about Christmas as this breaking in of light into darkness. God breaking in to the world of humanity. And so we get this idea that, that it's not just this, this narrative that has so much sentiment around it, that has so much meaning and nostalgia for us, the, the shepherds and the wise men and all that. That is wonderful. But then we see there's something much deeper going on. Light has broken in to the darkness. And we, and we acknowledge that. Our Christmas Eve service, we hold candles, we turn out the lights. And it represents light being born in the darkness. But I want to challenge you to take that, that idea of light a little bit further this morning. What does light do? First of all, light gives us knowledge. This is called Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany is a Greek word that, that basically means a new knowledge or enlightened. A lot of times in cartoons when somebody has an epiphany, what happens? A light bulb goes off over their head, right? And, and that's, that's sort of the image of an epiphany. Well, a light bulb went off in the sky, and the wise men followed it. Light, that was, that was God saying, light has now broken into the darkness. The word that has been with me from the beginning is going to give life and light to all of you who are living there in darkness. And that light gives us knowledge. Sometimes if, if I'm sleeping in a strange place, if I go on a trip or I'm in a hotel room or staying over at someone else's house, I might wake up in the middle of the night and I'm real confused about where I am for a, for a second. It doesn't look familiar. I look around. I'm not, I'm not quite there, all there yet. And when I look in the dark places, they give me no clue. But if I can see what's coming in through the window, if I can see the light from the alarm clock, I might be able to piece it together. Because the light that is present gives me knowledge of my surroundings. And so when Christ came into the world, he not only broke into the darkness, but he gives us knowledge. He gives us more knowledge of the Creator, more knowledge of God's will for us, and how we can live in it. Light also gives us hope. When we feel lost, when we don't know where to go, light allows us to see. Light gives us hope. It gives us direction. It also gives us clearer perspective. Now, Claire loves to take pictures. She loves to take pictures with the camera, with her cell phone. And, uh, and a lot of times she'll take a picture of me or the kids, and uh, because there's a light behind us or the light in the room is and right, uh, our faces will look all shadowy. You can't see anything. But she'll do something. She'll adjust the light. She'll adjust the focus point and allow more light to come in through the lens, more light to come into the frame. And all of a sudden you can see everything better. It becomes a clearer picture. And so when we talk about the light of God, which is Jesus Christ coming into the world, we get a clearer picture of of everything. Not just who God is, but who we are. That might be uncomfortable. But it gives us a clearer picture of who we are in His light, and what He might have in store for us. Jay Harris uh, is the assistant to the bishop in our conference, and and I was at a, a residence and ministry uh, conference this this past week, and he made this comment that church is what happens, and 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 he would correct me if I if he knew that I was giving him credit for this because he t- he quoted somebody else saying it, but. He said, church is what happens when the Christ in me meets and interacts with the Christ in you. If I have Jesus living in me, if I have that light in me, and you have it in you, if you are experiencing Jesus in your life, church happens when we get together and the light that is in me, the Jesus that is living in me, sees and interacts with Jesus that is living in you. What a wonderful way. To think of the church. Because the truth is, we can all notice the darkness in each other, right? We can all sit around and say, well, that person's always negative, that person always says this, that person never helps with this, that person. And, and, and we're all guilty of that. We can see faults and flaws in each other very easily, we can see the darkness in each other very easily. But the challenge is to see Jesus in each other. To see that light that is broken into the darkness. And to let our light interact with that light and grow. And so that we become more Christ-like as they become more Christ-like. And then at the same time, just as we try to see the light in each other, we try to see Jesus in each other. We need to make it more obvious that Christ is in us. Are we showing our darkness to other people? Are we showing our faults and our flaws Now, I'm not saying you need to cover up who you are. I'm not saying you need to pretend that you're a perfect person, because we all know that we're not. But how light, I mean, how bright is that light inside you burning? How much are you letting Jesus shine through for other people to see? Because that's when church happens. When the light of Christ that is in me and the light of Christ that is within you get together and we both grow. So God's presence among us here on earth reveals God's character it also reveals his plan for creation god is always doing a new thing all you have to do is look at the nature of creation itself and you can see that a tree grows out of the dirt bears fruit it bears leaves those fall to the ground they rot they die they become soil which gives the tree the nutrients it needs to keep growing and bear more fruit and bear more leaves Creation is constantly renewing itself because we have a creator that is constantly renewing things. It's in God's nature to recreate, to do a new thing. And every time we screw something up, every time we mess something up, God says, it's all right, I'm doing a new thing. And he steps in. This is God's character. And it was revealed to us through Jesus Christ. It also reveals something about us, that light. As I said, when the light of God comes, breaks into the darkness, it can expose some things that may make us uncomfortable. Verse 16 of this passage that we just read says that in that fullness, meaning in the the fullness of God that came to earth as a man, Jesus Christ, in that fullness, we received grace upon grace. But you can't receive grace unless you are aware of your need. For grace are you willing to have the light shine on you and show where you need that grace where you need to grow not long after this just a, a few verses down Jesus goes and, and he's he's baptized by John the Baptist and and some of John's followers leave John and they go running after Jesus and they want to know who are you And they're they're basically there to say, we're we're here to follow you. Jesus turns to them, and he asks them a question. It's a question that I've been trying to sit with for a few days now, and and I I want you to take it with you and sit with you. Jesus turns to them and says, what are you looking for? Anybody can say, I want to follow you, Jesus. But when Jesus asks you, well, what are you looking for? What are we looking for? Why are we following him? Why do we feel the need to have that light, to live in that light? Hopefully it's because we recognize our own need for grace. We make New Year's resolutions at the beginning of the year, but the reason we make them is because we realize that there's something we need to work on. There's something that we're, we're not doing well with. So the New Year's resolution is sort of like a confession. It has to begin with, I don't like this about myself and so I'm going to work on it. Well, if we want to follow Jesus, we have to recognize that where we are isn't going to suffice. What we're doing is not going to work. And just as we don't think of the new year as a hard reset, it's not starting life over again. It's a second chance. In the same way, our decision to follow Christ, to follow that star in the night, to follow that light, it's a second chance. Are we looking for second chances? Are we looking and pursuing grace upon grace? Are we looking for a newer and broader perspective? A new hope? New life? Are we looking for more of God? Let's be honest. Are we really looking for anything new at all? What are you looking for? Why are you following Jesus? I want you to sit with that question. I challenge you to sit with that question for a couple weeks. Ask yourselves periodically, what am I looking for? Why am I following Jesus? Because following Jesus is not meant to be stale or routine. It's not meant to be something that we do until we get in a rut. It's meant to be exciting. It's meant to be invigorating and challenging. It's meant to expose our need for grace. And it's meant to reveal more of God to us. That's what it means when we say the word became flesh, and that flesh was a light in the darkness. The God of creation never stops creating, He never runs out of creativity. He is always doing a new thing, revealing new things, giving new starts, giving new beginnings. And if you just started following Jesus, or if you've been following Jesus for 80 years, it doesn't matter. There's new adventures to be had, new challenges, new journeys to be made. There are new beginnings, new experiences for every believer who is looking to follow him. What are you looking for? Let us pray. Lord, we ask that as we contemplate that question, what are we looking for? That you will reveal more and more of yourself to us and that you will reveal more and more our need for you. And as you do, Lord, we ask that you increase that desire to follow you. Not because it's what we've always known to do, not because it's what our family is doing, not because it's what we've been taught to do. Increase our desire to follow you so that we can know more about this God of light and love and mercy and creation that sent you into this world. Lord, we ask that as that light lives in us, as Christ lives in our heart, that it will grow and it will burn away all the darkness, and that we will be able to see it in each other, that we will lift up each other. And just as we grow in our relationship and our experiences with you, we ask that we grow in our experiences and relationships with each other so that you may be glorified in all things. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Please turn with me in your hymnal to page 12. Today we have the opportunity to come to the table which is prepared and set before us. I want to take a moment to remind you that this is not my table, this is not the church's table, this is God's table. And so regardless of church membership, regardless of affiliation, regardless of anything, you are invited to this table as long as you desire to seek more of Jesus. For as the passage says, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.